Lewis. What's up, what's up? It's your boy AT and your boy AE coming to you live and direct with another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life where we break down the bars, relate to the rhymes so we can shed light on our lives. Just listen. Welcome to another episode of Bars, Rhymes and Life. Alan, how are we doing, brother? Feeling good, man. Feeling fired up. Jeez! Feeling hot (laughs) under the collar, yeah? Absolutely. For our listeners this week, the tune is The Roots featuring John Legend, The Fire. And that was my pick this week. With last week, Alan wanted to give thanks to me for introducing him to Lupe. And so I just got to return the favour, bro and say thanks to you for introducing me to The Roots, this song specifically, which he showed me, I think about a year ago, and I was just like, whoa. Alan is the person that introduced me to The Roots. I've listened to a a fair amount of their tracks, and they are unbelievable and an incredible group, renowned as probably one of the best hip-hop groups of all time. They are just too sick. What I love is the fact that this tune features John Legend, and a little bit of quick trivia for you, did you know that it was John Legend that was singing all the high screaming notes on Jesus Walks for Kanye? Yeah, so John Legend was actually on Jesus Walks, which was an incredibly long time ago. And I don't know how prominent John Legend was then. I think he was relatively obscure back then. So yeah, just a tune that when I first heard it for the first time, actually really G'd me up. Just, Just fills me up with inspiration, determination. You hear this tune for someone like me who used to like going to the gym before coronavirus it's kind of it's the tune that I want to train to it's the tune I kind of want to work out to it's actually a tune that I want to study to like when I'm determined and I feel like I've got something to do on a to-do list this is a song that really represents all of that for me what did you think about it and I know obviously you're the guy that showed me this song but what's your take on this track Alan yeah pretty much the same I love the roots I think they've always been underrated. I don't know why it's because of their style or because they haven't really had any massive, massive singles, but they've got some incredible songs. I think I first came across them on like MTV Bass back in the day. The track, What They Do, which is just brilliant. It had this really funny video, which sort of made fun of kind of cliched hip hop videos. And also you can't talk about The Roots without talking about Black Thought, who is just one of the greatest rappers of all time. And again, one of the most underrated. 
if people haven't seen his Funk Flex freestyle, you check that out because it just will blow your mind. Blew mine and Alan's mind because on the lost tapes that unfortunately are lost, we went in on that and <laughs> that episode took two and a half hours, didn't it? I think <laughs> it did. <laughs> it was unreal, unreal, that freestyle, like crazy. Black Thought is amazing and as well as being a great writer, his delivery is always on point. So yeah, I was looking forward to this one. Definitely. I think it's really interesting you say that they are underrated. I think I think you're right. I completely agree with you. They're underrated from a mainstream media point of view and mainstream consumption point of view. But I think every rapper in the world and all of the pinnacle rappers all hold the roots to a very high regard. And I think that that's all that matters to them. And that's, that's mm. something that we've alluded to a number of times in the pod as well, where I don't need validation from X, Y, and Z. But if I get it from someone, some of my peers that I revere, that's enough for me. And I think that's enough for them too. I think they're not interested in that whole massive game of media consumption they're all right doing their things like they they they're they are on a jimmy fallon show that they're, they're on that mm. every week and you know they get paid for doing that and they probably get paid a significant amount for it and i remember watching a nardwa with i can't remember which one i'm sure who's the drum in the group sorry forgive me Questlove. Questlove. so he did a nardwa has been on Questlove about three four times Questlove was just like you know i do this on purpose i, I don't buy a flash car or something i'll buy a car that's worth a lot of money but actually no one knows what it is it's not an obvious lamborghini or ferrari it'll be a classic continental sort of type car that would be worth an incredible amount of money but you can't tell that it's worth a lot of money they 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 run like that that's that's their game and i think their music represents that a lot as well is that if you know you know and you will love it but if you don't know it's fine. They're okay with that. They don't, they're not trying to throw themselves in your face. Definitely. Definitely critically acclaimed, if not commercially. All right, let's, let's get started. Who's up first? I'm up first. You don't say good luck. You say don't give up. It's the fire inside you. You don't say good luck. You say don't give up. It's the fire inside you. Bars. I actually snapped you, but I snapped you as I made this my last line. So I'll make it, I'll talk about it as my last line later. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I just love this as a saying. You don't say good luck, you say don't give up. I think there's always a risk with this sort of messaging that you can come off sounding a little bit cheesy, you know, like a sort of motivational quote or something. But Black Thought manages to get the tone right on throughout this track and this bar is a really good example of that it's simple but it makes an important point which is that obviously while luck is a huge factor in any success when it comes down to your own sort of personal success in terms of comparing yourself to yourself it's not just luck it's also hard work graft and it's the support that you get from people around you who say things like don't give up so I think you should always, for example, try to avoid thinking of yourself as an unlucky person. You can say I've had some bad luck and there's nothing wrong with that. But don't phrase it as I am an unlucky person because then you change it from something that happens to you into something that you are from an external event to an internal feature of your personality. 
And it's just never, it's never a good idea because like human psychology is so malleable. We're easily swayed by things that we think. It's why advertising works so well. And so if you just keep telling yourself, I'm unlucky or people don't like me or this or that, you're going to believe it. Not only will you believe it, you'll start to look more prominently for examples of it. And so it becomes self-fulfilling. So it's not about having good luck. It's about being, it's about persevering. Definitely. Couldn't agree with you more. And it's great that you gave it that type of description because what you've said will just compound what I say at the end when I, when I bring it up at the end. And it's, it's more personal to me. Nice. Cool. I'm up again. If I'm ever at the crossroads and start feeling mixed signals like Morse code, my soul start to grow colder than the North Pole. I try to focus on the whole of where the torch grows. Yeah, and if I'm ever at the crossroads and start feeling mixed signals like Morse code, my soul start to grow colder than the North Pole. I try to focus on the whole of where the torch grows. Jeez, a snap on that. That's like 75% snap. I didn't grab the last line, but technically a full snap on those bars. Might have got the words a bit mixed up there. I haven't got I haven't got the flow of black thought, but <laughs> I really felt this line about being at the crossroad and feeling mixed signals. Personally, I always find decision making really difficult. Even small things like should I buy a new jumper, down to massive things like should you change a career. Just those decisions are always hard to make for me. And I kind of think of it in terms of activation energy and chemical reactions. A chemical reaction needs a certain amount of energy to happen. And if that level isn't achieved, nothing happens. And that's the activation energy. And decisions are like that for me. And I think if you need to meet a certain level of energy to do something, you're most likely not going to do it because doing nothing is always the easiest option. Always. The status quo is always the easiest option. And so it becomes just the automatic choice. For me, at least, one of the ways of getting around that is to either use other people to increase your energy just having other people around you that g you up or kind of say, oh, you know, do this or why don't you try that or just any kind of encouragement that gives me extra energy and helps me hit that point. Or alternatively, break down those decisions into much smaller decisions that require less energy. That's a classic Alan move, you know. That's it. And so instead of being like, oh, I'm thinking about, am I going to change my career? Change it to a small decision like, oh, I might learn a bit of something on the side while I'm working. It pushes you in that direction, but it doesn't commit you to that huge decision just yet. And I find that much easier way of doing things. But yeah, I've really related to this line. Nice. Something I want to elaborate on there with regards to what you said. And hopefully I'll be able to pick it up when I go through my bar. So I snapped you on the first three lines. I didn't want to start off so deep, Alan. I really didn't want to start off my line so deep. But these first three lines hit me so hard with regards to my career and my job, right? I really could not be truly more at a crossroads in my life. I have been grinding at various roles within the same company for about 10 years straight. And I've really worked hard to achieve an unbelievable work-life balance. I've got an incredible work-life balance at the moment, but I need a change. And I'm at the crossroads. It's such a crossroads needing to change after doing what I've been doing for so long. Because starting a new role in something different may mean I need to take less money. But why should I? Why should I? Why Why for change do I need to take less money? I, I've seen so many people sidestep their careers and pivot their careers and end up on like not even having to take a pay cut. But the, 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 the status quo convention says that, oh, if you want to start a new career, you've got to start right at the bottom. 
And I truly believe it's absolute bullshit because I've seen so many people not do that. And I'm learning data science at the moment. You know that I'm learning that, but that is not a quick fix or answer to my current situation. And every day that I don't do something about it, my soul at work is growing colder and colder like the North Pole. So these bars literally hit me line for line. I I could not relate to this anymore right now with regards to shit. And we've spoken about this off, off the podcast in terms of, Alan, I'm trying to look for a new job. Alan, I'm trying to do this, but I can't do that, whatever. And it's such a crossroads because it's so hard when you achieve some sort of level of perfect work-life balance that you go to yourself. And I, when I mention it to friends, they're like, why do you, like, you work so hard at uni to get where you are. Why, why do you want to change for? I'd do anything to be in your position. And it makes you just feel so such a sense of mixed emotions. It's exactly what you said with regards to indecision, And going back to what you're saying there is what I need to try to do based on just what you said is break it up into smaller pieces. I don't need to worry about whether I'm going to take a pay cut or not. And I don't need to worry about what exactly I'm going to be or not. Let me try and break this up into smaller pieces and let's work towards something for myself so that I challenge these mixed signals that I'm feeling. Right from the off, Alan, I've gone in deep. I didn't mean to. I wanted to try and keep it like this this week, but, you know, typical <laughs> you. Um, I've got something special for you, though, right? I'm going to play something off my phone and you need to tell me what it means, right? So I'm just going to play it. What do you think, Alan? What do you think that means? Bars, rhymes and life. You fucking genius! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not like a savant who can read like morse code immediately i just played the man not the ball <laughs> in my notes i've written play the morse code if alan gets it wrong proceed to rinse him and let him know that he can never come to war with me and you got it right <laughs> you got it I right got a war with you man you go you're coming to war with me man you can decipher morse code <laughs> It's going back to my conspiracy theory when the world ends and it's all blown up and the only way we can communicate with each other is through the only way we can tell the time is through sundials and the only way we could communicate with each other is morse code at least i got you by my side bro at least i got you by my side (laughs) (laughs) who's there you're up i try to focus on the whole of where the torch goes and in tradition of these legendary sports pros, as far as I can see, I've made it to the threshold. So, I don't know if you know, but this song was first played at the 2010 Vancouver Olympics. I don't know if you were aware no, of that. I didn't that. know that. Which makes, it, makes this first line so sick. I try to focus on the whole of where the torch goes. Because what did legends like Muhammad Ali, Kathy Freeman... Leaning and Steve Nash, who have been torchbearers and have had the honor of lighting the Olympic flame, have to do. They have to focus on the whole of where the torch goes. So I just think that's well clever with regards to the Vancouver Olympics and that specific line. But on a more personal level, how hard is it to focus and shine a light onto and into the holes of ourselves? The crossroads with regards to my dissatisfaction at work started when someone close to me told me Abby you look miserable at work and I was like 
do I? I didn't even realize that I I looked miserable. I didn't even realize that I was particularly showing this sort of feeling. I, I felt it inside, but I, I'm going around thinking I, I look fine. I look right as rain. And so it's so hard to shine a light on those holes. And the reason why it's so hard to shine a light on those holes is because usually cold, hard, painful truths about the fabric of your character and what you are doing in this life are usually what those those that that light shines on in those holes that that you're missing inside your character so i just love those lines man for sick bars yeah i had no idea it was part of the olympics that's really cool and it's the perfect song for that bars but what do we expect man this is black thought do you know what i mean this is the root who's next you're up next maverick always above and beyond average fuel to the fame that's what i train and travel with sometimes in my eyes say i'm so close to having the prize I realise I'm supposed to reach to the skies. Never let somebody try and tell you otherwise. Maverick, always above and beyond average. Fuel to the flame that I train with and travel with. Something in my eyes say I'm so close to having a prize. I realise I'm supposed to reach for the skies. Never let somebody try to tell you otherwise. Sorry about the bad delivery there. Flow's too different. I think the first line is a sly double entendre. Because the definition for a maverick is an unorthodox or independent minded person. But I also remember that Maverick is the name of Tom Cruise's character in Top Gun. <laughs> where ironically, he was quite a maverick in his flying style. But again, he was always above and beyond average. So I just thought that was a sly double entendre that takes the definition as it is, but also refers to a cult character who embodies everything that this song is talking about. So I love that. I just think that's 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 bars, man. Yeah, it's nice. I love that film. <laughs> You're up again. One love, one game, one desire, one flame, one bonfire. Let it burn higher. One love, one game, one desire, one flame, one bonfire. Let it burn higher. So apart from the last show where I completely messed up and said peace at the end of the podcast, when clearly that's Alan's line, and I completely flapped. You usually hear me say the word one, and Black Thought has literally explained why I say it. When you say bye to anyone, it means parting. It means a parting. It means separation. But when you say one, it means exactly that. It means one love, one game, one desire, one flame, one bonfire, later and higher. It, it, it unites me. So with my real peoples, I always say the word one. If you're someone that's not, if you want to decipher whether you're one of my guys or not, if I say bye to you, it generally means you're not one of my guys. If I say one, <laughs> it means that you're you're part of the circle that I embodies everything that I'm, I'm about. And one is me saying you're a part of me and I'm a part of you. And I just love that because I've been saying one for a very long time and the bars has been able to explain it for me. I didn't need to explain it for myself. I like that. I didn't know the origin of that. I, I learned something today. <laughs> nice. Right. Who's next? I'm up. I never show signs of fatigue or turn tired because I'm the definition of tragedy turned triumph. I never show signs of fatigue or turn tired because I'm the definition of tragedy turned triumph. Black Thor has been through so much. I don't think people realize because he doesn't necessarily put it all in his lyrics, but his father was murdered when he was one. And his mother was murdered while he was in high school. Like he's been through real tragedy, you know, when he says he's tragedy turned triumph, he really means it. But it makes me think, and I wanted to ask you, 
your opinion on this. Do you think it's possible to be truly strong if you've never suffered tragedy? Like, do we need some kind of tragedy to help us grow? I think, I think that question, in reality, the answer is yes. In theory, the answer is no. But in reality, the answer is yes. Why do I say that? Because I think in theory, if we have the ability, and I think we all do, right? With a really vivid and strong imagination, you can read about the hardships of the past and you can embody those hardships and you can learn from those hardships and you can make yourself strong. But in reality, it's a really hard thing to do. It's a really hard thing to do to embody someone's pain and suffering and be able to really feel and understand it so that it can make you stronger. And so I, I say the answer is yes. You have to have suffered in order to be quote unquote strong. But the word I, I use quote unquote because strong means so many different things to me. It isn't it isn't just one thing. But yet short answer, yes. Sorry, right. I went I went on a bit of a tangent there, but I don't know if you if that was good enough for you or not. That's a really good point. It's so true that reading about something is not the same as experiencing it. And then there are some things you just can't learn until you've experienced them. And this might be one of those things. I think I agree with you when it comes to overcoming adversity. And not in a sense that I want to trivialize or fetishize people's suffering. It sucks. It's a horrible thing. But I do think that there's a certain amount of strength that you take from overcoming adversity compared to someone who perhaps has, you know, had a very, very easy life and had no adversity. I think there's a certain strength of character that that person might not have compared to someone like Black Thor. So yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting question. It made me think of that. Love it. And I'm actually quite proud of my answer there. It wasn't as <laughs> useless as I usually am. You're up. It's David and Goliath. I made it to the eye of the storm. It's David and Goliath. I made it to the eye of the storm. Another sick double entendre here. Because in the story of David and Goliath, David, who is completely physically outmatched by the Goliath, completely bucks him up by using a slingshot to blind and bust up Goliath's eye. Black Thought has made it to the eye of the storm. Think about it, what it takes to reach that particular space in reality. Having to encounter 100 mile per hour winds, obstacles flying everywhere. And then think about what it might take for you to reach the eye of the storm that's in your mind. And going back to what you described with regards to tragedy turned triumph, he's gone through some serious shit with regards to what you described there. The kind of shit that might take your average person to the edge and never give them an opportunity to come back. And yet through everything that maybe he's gone through and being able to be strong, he's been able to make it to the eye of the storm. I think that's a credit and a testament to Black Thor. I think that's just absolute bar. On a complete side note, I swear I have this dream, Alan. And if I ever could make it a reality, I would. Where I'm on a plane and for some reason I just drop, jump and drop through the eye of a storm, tornado or hurricane. And I'm flying through and I just, when I land, it's just pure silence. It's just pure serenity where I'm just standing but everywhere you look, you look up, down, left, right, where at 360 degrees, you just see carnage. But where you're sitting and where you're standing, 
is calm as anything. And I have literally zero idea what my subconscious is trying to tell me. But yeah, I just wanted to share that with you because it's bars, rhymes and life, bro. Man, that sounds like something out of a movie. Don't know what my dream's about, bro. (laughs) I'm up next. You can't escape the history that you was meant to make. That's why the highest victory is what I'm meant to take. You can't escape the history that you was meant to make. That's why the highest victory is what I'm meant to take. Woo! This is another question for you, Abby. Can you escape the history you were meant to make? Can you change or avoid your future? Do you even have a choice? Basically, is the universe deterministic? I take offence to that question because Alan deliberately made me watch this series that ruined my life for two weeks because it made me question everything. Everything I did. I was at work pushing a pen and letting it roll back and literally (laughs) looking like a psychopath in front of all my staff because they just didn't get it and I was trying to test it out. I've given it, I've actually weirdly enough given that question a lot of thought since watching Devs, Alan. And as much as I want to say that you can make a choice and that you can alter it, I don't think that you can. I literally don't think you can. I think given the state of play with AI, given the state of play with how much Google, Netflix, your fang stocks, how much data they have on us and how easily predictable we are, I think the world we live in is deterministic and I think you can do some things to to change the course a little or maybe slow it down but ultimately what's going to happen for you is what's going to happen for you what I what I what I took pride in afterwards after watching the series because on a on a serious note it did mess, mess with my head a bit I ain't gonna lie right and that many worlds theory I chose to use that as an example of I'm going to take positivity through through the many wells theory. And by that, what I'm going to do is, all right, for whatever reason, I'm not with this person no more. But actually, in another world, I am with that person. And I, I done right by that person. In this world, that person's done me wrong. But actually, in another world, that person hasn't done me wrong. In one world, I've made mistakes with loved ones. I've made mistakes with people in the past. And I've messed up in the past. But actually, in another world, I've been all right and I've done well. And so from that, taking the many worlds theory, it means it's okay. And okay isn't great. Okay isn't shit. Okay isn't really bad. Okay is okay. And I'm okay with that now. I might not be okay with that being a 22-year-old, but I'm okay with that now. That's all I, that, that is my answer. I think we truly do believe in a deterministic world, but I know that in some other worlds, my my determinisms and my outcomes are in some worlds better than what it is in this world and in some worlds worse than what it is in this world. So I'm okay where I am right now. And I don't have to set, stand at work pushing this pen up and down thinking, did I mean to do that? Did I not mean to do it? Is it was, I, was I forced to do this? Was I not forced to do this? And I can actually just let it go and just be a normal person at work now. Love it. I love your take on that, man. That's very interesting to hear. I think I pretty much agree with you. I'm I'm quite convinced by this argument that the universe is deterministic. Once you start thinking about cause and effect, you know, would we have started a podcast if there wasn't a lockdown? Or to think of it in another way, if you take two people with 
our exact history and our personalities and you put them in that same situation a year ago, would they have any choice but to start a podcast? Like, I think that choice might have been made for them. See, you're messing with my head again now, Alan. You, you, you're making me regress. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but even small choices, right? Even small choices like what to have for breakfast, I think are so informed by prior events, stretching back like your entire life and beyond. For example, like what foods are common in your culture? What food did you buy last week from the shop? Are you trying to avoid carbs because you read an article about a diet and you saw that article because an algorithm showed it to you? There's so many things that are out of your control that are going to influence what seems like a fairly simple self-involved choice. And although I find it difficult to say we have no control, I do think we have quite little (laughs) control. But what I like, and similar to what you said here, the way that Black Thought interprets this is that instead of letting the determinism kind of take away his power, it empowers him. It gives him a sense of purpose and a sense of drive that this is what I was meant to do, which is just a really great way of of looking at it. And I think it sums him up and sums this song up pretty well. Absolute bars. Too much, man. Sick that we're getting this out of a track that's basically designed to just make you train hard and maybe go uh, be a sick montage to the 100 meter sprint or something. You're up. You came to celebrate. I came to celebrate. I hate losing. I refuse to make the same mistakes. You came to celebrate. I came to celebrate. I hate losing. I refuse to make the same mistakes. Alan, this is my favorite line of the track. So put your <laughs> alert, but if, we, if I could make an alert sound, I would, yeah? You came to celebrate, I came to celebrate. Come on, bro, leave it out. That is <laughs> different. That is a bar. I want to refer back to the line, in tradition of these legendary sports pros, as far as I can see, I've made it to the threshold. See, to me, this is the difference between a champion and someone who just wants to win. I see it all the time with people at work and people that I play sports with. People who just want to win and just win without meaning love to celebrate. And honestly, there isn't much wrong with that. There isn't much wrong with that at all. Some people participate in things because they just want to win and have the feeling of being able to tell themselves that they're a winner. The amount of times where we've won games and because we've won, it's Come on, everyone, let's all have a pint at the pub, isn't it? Let's just get fucked for the weekend because we've won. Way, we've won, right? <laughs> like The amount of time that's happened in my life is beyond measure. People participate in so many things in life just so they can get the opportunity to celebrate. But champions, they celebrate. And the definition of the word celebrate is to think deeply about something. A champion will celebrate a win for a day and then celebrate about how they can win again or go away and figure out how to win better next time. Economy of words here, bro. Six words. The first three sound similar to the second three, but their meanings could not be any more different. Absolute fires and truths, bro. Absolute fires and truths. Yeah, 100%. I I can't think of many rappers who would deliver the word celebrate in a bar like that. In a bar in six words, man. That is different unbelievable nice you're up you don't say good luck you say don't give up 
So I snapped you previously with this line and we've almost come full circle, yeah? I'm just saying that I have been talking about how I want to make a career change. And I'm sure that is going to entail certain things like interviews and places where I'm just going to get rejected right from the off. And when those times come, Alan, I'm going to hold you to this. You ain't ever going to say to me, good luck. You're going to say to me, don't give up. And I ain't leaving this to chance. And anyone who's out there who has fear about change and approaching change to their horizon, I'm going to say the same thing to you. Don't give up. Time stamping it. Time stamp. I don't know when, but if I say, hey, got a new job, can't wait to bring this line up again, bro. Love it. Finished where we started. Was that deterministic or not? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Nothing but love to The Roots and John Legend. He obviously featured on the track, smashed it on the chorus. Nothing but love to all their fans. Nothing but love to all the BRL listeners out there. Nothing but love to you, Alan. One. Peace.